Welcome to the Paleo View. I'm Stacey Toth, best-selling author and co-creator of PaleoParents.com, where we focus on real-life solutions for families seeking health. I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, New York Times best-selling author and creator of ThePaleoMom.com. I'm passionate about improving scientific literacy around public health topics. I like hashtags and bone broth. And I'm just a super nerd. Well, hello. Are, are you saying hello to me? Well, to our listeners and to you. Oh, I feel super special. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Paleo View. Guess, guess what I get to do this week coming up? Well, I, I, get, I, I can't guess because I already know, but listeners, you guess. <laughs> you guess. Actually, I, I put it in my newsletter, so so maybe a lot of them already know too. I am uh, chaperoning uh, the sleepaway field trip this week, so I get to uh, – the days are, are going to be so long. They're like literally scheduled. We have to be at the school at 5 in the morning tomorrow morning, and then we're literally scheduled from like 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. for like the like, – for three full days. So I'm going to be exhausted. Um, but I chaperoned the fourth grade sleepaway field trip last year. And it was such an amazing like bonding experience and such an amazing thing to share with my daughter. So that's why I signed up again to do it this week. But I'm, I'm in that like, okay, did I, I'm, I'm like going through the packing list that they sent and then trying to figure out like what extra things I need, like a phone charger, right? Like those little like yeah, I should bring a phone. I should bring my thyroid meds, right? Like I'm trying to like add to it and I'm, I'm just, I'm a little scatterbrained is all I can say. I am not interested in sleeping away with a whole bunch of children. It's like <laughs> the difference between you and I, I'm like, you say that and I'm like, nope, nope, no thanks. Pass. <laughs> I um I am I have to say my my daughter is super excited. She's been looking forward to this field trip for like 3 years. And um she's been doing this countdown that has literally been like for her it's like the, like a countdown to like the most exciting thing in the world and for me it's like it, it's it's like this dread of oh man. Um so it's you know going to be a 6 hour bus ride tomorrow and then back on Wednesday and uh she's just like she's like vibrating with excitement and I'm like I'm not excited I don't like road trips even when I don't have to drive <laughs> being surrounded well, by so 40 trips. 45 11 year olds Woo! Uh, no thank you um <laughs> I'm just imagining how bad that was to smell <laughs> on the way back um so speaking of, of car rides, we are going to go on spring break. I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, but we're, we're going on a cruise, which we got the boys for Christmas. We have to drive all the way to Orlando. So we are also like starting to get in preparation mode because um, it's less than two weeks now to drive all the way to Orlando and then also be on a cruise. So I feel like I'm packing for two separate trips. <laughs> um, so I thought, Maybe in just one of the questions that I get asked frequently and also as we're starting to 
pack and prepare and all this kinds of stuff. And also because I did an event at the local butcher today, encouraging people to shop local, shop small. Um, one of the questions that I frequently get asked about is buying online versus not buying online. Mm. And what do we buy and from where? And so, you know, we've talked in detail about humane, sustainable. We've talked in detail about the health benefits of, you know, pastured. I don't think we're going to rehash all of that. Certainly we can refer back to it in the show notes, different shows on those topics. But I thought just kind of a practical show on why we purchase from different places and when to help other people kind of logically walk through that themselves, because I do think it's a really individualized thing as to what works for everybody, where you live, what kind of products you buy, that kind of stuff. Um, I, that's excellent because I get asked the same question uh, very frequently as well, especially one of the questions I get asked because people know that I love to shop at my local farmer's market, but my farmer's market shuts down for about five months in the winter. Um, so it's really only open from early April um, up until they have like what they call a mini market up until like the first week of December. And, um, and so for that, you know, time in the winter, um, you know, I, I don't get to shop at my farmer's market. And so I get asked often, and I think it's a, a highly related question of, you know, so where, you know, where do you, where do you buy your, your produce in, in the winter months? And so I think, um, I think we can probably wrap all of that up into to one tidy little show. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and we've kind of moved away from buying from a farmer's market simply because we moved and didn't, really get into a pattern of it. And then we went into winter. So, um, it's been kind of an, an interesting experiment, learning new stores and all that kind of stuff. So let me just first, I guess we'll just jump into it. So I think first, if we're going to talk produce and then second, we can talk protein. You want to break yeah. it that way? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So for me personally, I have a lot of international food markets available locally. And so if your focus is budget, and not necessarily food quality, i.e., or you know, organic, um, those kinds of things. I would highly, highly, highly recommend checking out international food markets. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you can buy sweet potato noodles for Japche on Amazon, um, but they're super cheap and easy to get at your international food market. And that's the reason that we started shopping there because we love. Um, the sweet potato starch noodles when we're cooking Asian food dishes, a trick picked up from Russ at the domestic man. Shout out Russ. Um, and so we would go there and the produce is like a third, a third of the price at whole foods, like just for perspective. Um, however, there aren't very many organic options. And so the foods from my perspective, this is how I choose to purchase that are, on the dirty dozen list are not foods that I buy there. But when we're looking at other foods that, you know, have an outer shell that's removed or, you know, different things like that, it's a really budget friendly place to pick things up. Um, and we can also get things like, uh, tamari or, um, you know, different kinds of Asian, um, or hard to find ingredients. So if you're on a budget, I personally find that that's a great option. The other option is Trader Joe's 
And then my third is Costco. So I really think that the thing with Trader Joe's and Costco is they're kind of limited in what they have and when they have it. Um, with Costco, they actually trade out products. So you might be able to find, like for me, I love when they have chosen foods, avocado oil, and avocado mayonnaise. I go cra- I like, I'm like a crazy hoarder lady <laughs> when they're there because they're so affordable. Um, and we love it. We use it all the time. But And it's cheaper than I could get anywhere else. Um, but it's not always there. So if it's not there, then I kind of fall back on Trader Joe's, which also has avocado oil. They actually started carrying chosen foods in my area. I don't know if you guys have that where you live. Um, but I also think that Trader Joe's is a great option, um, for more affordable produce. And the thing with Trader Joe's is they usually source locally and they almost always have an organic option. So you might not be able to find everything that you want, uh, because it's more seasonally based for the most part, but I actually kind of like that. And it's a lot more affordable than like Whole Foods would be, or even the organic section at the regular grocery store. Um, yeah, I, um, I don't have (laughs) international markets near me. And that's, I mean, that's the thing is like, I'm fortunate to have that. And I just hope that people like really look for it, you know, like, don't just like, oh, it's not in the main strip, you know, ask people around or do some Google searching, because I, I do think that there's different kinds of markets like that. Um, in most, uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? Big cities. There's a word for it. Goodness. This is what happens. Like urban centers? I don't know what the word you were looking for is. Yeah, I don't know. I think I got I, You get it, right? <laughs> I, I definitely, definitely get it. It does not it does not bode well for the rest of the show. My mind is starting to not know words. <laughs> um, well, one of the things that I... Um, I think I want to start actually by sharing like why I shop at my local farmer's market. Um, One of the reasons why I do that, it's actually um, my local farmer's market is really inexpensive and, um, and I'm getting like fresh organically grown, locally grown produce that's in season. Um, And so during the season, I always start my weekend shopping there. And then I round out, um, usually sort of a combination of like Trader Joe's, uh, Sprouts and Whole Foods. Um, but there's, you know, there's times where sort of midweek, my daughter's dance lessons are just down the street from a Kroger. And that's a really great time for me to nip in and grab a few things. So I tend Wait, to... what do you do at the store? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I... I run in. I what? What would be the American equivalent? I think pop in is the same thing as pop in. in. It was adorable. I wanted you to say it again. That's all. <laughs> I don't get very many Canadianisms anymore. I know my um my whole my whole I'm be, I'm becoming American is basically what's happening, um and patriotic and all that good stuff. So uh so my my Canadianisms are getting more and more watered watered down <laughs> as we go, but that's all right. Um so. Um, so I will typically, like we typically do most of our shopping on Saturdays. Um, but if I need, you know, a top up couple of things, um, I'll run into basically whatever grocery store is closest. Um, but the reason why I like start starting at my shop at my farmer's market is there are like some specialty things, uh, you know, things that are harder to grow that will be quite expensive. Um, so for example, um, like blackberries or raspberries, 
you know, I can get them for probably half the price in the grocery store compared to my farmer's market. But the more general basics like sweet potatoes and kale and lettuce and beets and turnips and um, fresh herbs and, uh, you know, carrots and, you know, those types of vegetables, squash um, are better quality for my farmer's market and at the same price as the grocery store or a little bit cheaper. And I also have this great relationship with my local farmers. So it becomes this social experience for me every Saturday morning at the farmer's market as well. And one of the great things about being a regular shopper is, you know, they'll um, put something aside for me. They saw, you know, like it, it would be uh, typical for um one of my local farmers to put the the last two bunches of asparagus aside for me because they know that I wouldn't want to miss out. And they saw that it was running out before I got there. Um, and they keep eggs aside for me every single week. And the eggs are, are the same price as in the grocery store, but they're completely pasture raised. Um, and so I get this, you know, like it's, I don't know, it's like, it, it's not preferential treatment. It's just, um, how it's just having a relationship with the people who buy your food. So like they do this for all of their regular customers that they know for sure are going to get, you know, going to, going to be there every single week. Um, so that's, that's always where I start my shopping. And then um, I'm really lucky that we live um, very, very close to a Whole Foods, a, a Trader Joe's and a Sprouts farmer's market. And so um, we tend to, depending on the week and depending on what we need, we usually start at the more discounty store like the Sprouts or the Trader Joe's. And then we end up going into Whole Foods for the few specialty items that Whole Foods is the only store locally that carries it. Um, but in the, in the winter, when I don't have that option, um, I have joined CSAs uh, in the winter before, but found that the very limited pickup window um, and the, the ones that are around me, I would still have to drive 20 minutes to go pick up my box. And the limited pickup window was getting very, very challenging with my kids' piano lesson um, compared to the farmer's market that's open for, you know, four hours. So um, I've tried it and it didn't really work practically in our lives. So now basically what we do is we do uh, all of our shopping uh, during the winter at Trader Joe's, Sprouts and Whole Foods. And again, sort of start at the discount store. And there's certain things, right? Trader Joe's has the best cucumbers, but Whole Foods really does have the best celery. So there's certain things on my list that are like recurring things that we get every single week that I know what store will have the best ones, even if it's not necessarily like it's to me, I love celery, but I only love good celery. So it's worth it to spend an extra 25 cents on the better celery. Um, but that's... Um, that's how we've sort of we'll, – we'll either start at Sprouts or Trader Joe's and then round out typically at, at Whole Foods for those few things. Um, but I do get most of my meat um, uh, still online. And um, and I also – we also do a Costco shopping um, maybe like once every six weeks. And whenever I'm in Costco, I will stock up on everything like – I don't, it's too far for me to drive to, to make it worth my while for like regular groceries. But when I happen to be there, then I'll get tons of frozen fish and I'll get, you know, grass fed ground beef and, uh, organic chicken and I'll get, you know, the, the, the giant thing of organic romaine lettuce and I'll, you know, completely go nuts on, on the fresh food there too. 
Yeah, I think Costco is also a really great place to get things like nuts and dried fruit and um, unless you have like a organic source for that stuff that you're buying basically online is where I, I think you'd have to get it for a best price otherwise. But like we love to get their bulk dried mango that has no added stuff to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, so anyway, I, the only other thing that I'd mention is we don't take advantage of online fresh food delivery. So if that's something that appeals to you, definitely check it out. We personally are just kind of picky Like, I'm a control freak. I'll just say it. I'm a control freak. I want to pick out my own foods. (laughs) So the idea of saying, like, I want six apples and not picking out which ones I get is um, weird to me. But I do know it's a huge time saver for people and can also be a money saver if you shop the deals. And also because you're not in the store, you're not distracted by, oh, and this thing and this thing and this thing. So it might be a good option for people. And I know that there's, like, Amazon Fresh now that delivers and that kind of stuff. If that's in your area um, and that appeals to you, I would definitely check that out and take advantage. But I think, for me, I actually kind of enjoy – not kind of. I do enjoy grocery shopping. Like, I usually go with a boy and it turns into kind of a mommy date. And, you know, that's one of the activities that we enjoy doing together. But I know for – a lot of people, it's not enjoyable. So um, I would suggest looking into those things. And then we also have some, you know, there's like fresh market type stores popping up everywhere, like in the Northern Virginia area, a new one opened. There's Aldi that we didn't talk about. You know, there's just what I would suggest is figuring out like what foods are best at certain stores. Like Sarah said, you know, she prefers the vegetables of something at one store and at another. And so for me, we usually base it on what's on the list. And if there's certain things that I can only get at certain stores, then I'm like, okay, that's the store we're going to this week. And therefore pick the things that are best there. So, um, and then like Sarah, I also go to Costco probably more like once a month for us. Um, and I would also say if, as we're, maybe ready to move into protein. And I would also say as we're ready to move into protein, um, that Costco has got great, um, frozen food options too, that you can take advantage of in bulk. So if it's not near you and you're going, you know, once a month, once every six weeks, make sure that you're taking advantage of that and have room in your chest freezer or whatever you have, because they've got, Everything from organic berries to chicken to um, all different kinds of things in their um, protein section, which I think is gotten much better over the years. Oh, yeah. It used to be that you couldn't really find any good protein at Costco, um, but they have – they're on a mission to make their store at least 50% uh, natural slash organic based, and so – Every time I go, I find more and more things that I'm like, oh, yeah, like last time I went, I got a case of kombucha, and I'm so excited. Um, but the, the protein options, I think, are a lot better lately. Yeah, I um, I also, my local Costco, like they've always been the most inexpensive place for seafood for me locally. Um, but I feel like their selection of seafood has gotten better, and their selection of organic produce has gotten much better too. So I feel like... 
um, when I go to Costco, like it's, it's never a cheap trip when I go to Costco because I also, uh, like I only like Kirkland brand toilet paper. It's just a thing. I'm like super, it's, it's the perfect toilet paper. That's about all I can say. Um, but, uh, so we do a lot of, uh, you know, toilet paper. That was not sponsored, by the way. Like, it was not, not. Nothing about this podcast is sponsored. <laughs> We're just telling you what we like. <laughs> um, but like, I'll get a lot of, um, you know, they've got a good selection of uh, cleaners and laundry detergent. They've they've got like seventh generation, and I'll, we'll get um, pa- various paper products there, like paper towel and toilet paper and um, uh, facial tissues and. Um, and so, and it's usually like we're running low on toilet paper. That's typically what brings us to Costco. <laughs> and then it ends up being rounding out with, with food. And, uh, I mean, they're great for things like DVDs and I, I, they, um, often carry, uh, one or more of my books, which is always fun. So whenever I'm in a Costco, I'll, like gorilla sign, whatever's there very sneakily so that the managers don't see us because Costco managers don't like authors to go in their stores and sign their books. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I definitely know my prices. Um, you know, we have a, um, tighter budget in the last couple years than, um, we've had. And in part that's because my kids are eating, a lot more as they grow up <laughs> and I still have the same amount of money that I can spend on groceries. Um, so we're, we do a lot of, um, you know, cabbage and sweet potato and those types of vegetables that really stretch a meal, a lot more ground beef based meals just because ground beef is so cheap or like pork shoulder based meals. Cause pork shoulder is so cheap. Um, and, um, and you know, we, we definitely don't get a hundred percent organic, um, you know, beef. I, t- I try to get a hundred percent grass fed, um, but chicken pasture raised chicken is, is so expensive. So, you know, we mostly will just get organic chicken. Um, and so I have to like know my prices and I've, you know, figured out, um, where is the cheapest place for, what and it's worth it to me as long as i'm not going you know too far off the beaten path to go to a couple of different stores to get the cheapest of various items because one store has cheaper grass-fed beef and another store has you know cheaper lettuce or whatever it is so um definitely shopping around and knowing prices um and uh and and also shopping online. So I really like Thrive Market. Um and we can put links in the show notes. Um and I also am in love with Amazon subscribe and save. So those those are and one stop paleo shop. Yeah. Uh those I guess those are my sort of three online shops. It depends on what I'm I'm buying, which one I which one I end up going to. So truthfully, I have never used Thrive. Um I think that when it first came out, I just felt like it was difficult to ask my audience to pay for a subscription when at the time there wasn't as many options as I believe that there probably are now. So I've just kind of gotten in the habit of using Amazon subscribe and save. And then 
for like the paleo items that I can't find there. Or sometimes I can actually get them cheaper, especially if One Step Paleo Shop has a um, discount code. But those those are the ones that we shop at online for paleo type uh, snacky foods and that kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, when it comes to meat, um, I just feel really strongly for us personally that the, um, with all of the resources that we have locally, now not everybody has that, um, but Virginia is, um, a farm state for protein. Like we grow a lot of protein here Mm -hmm. and, um, it doesn't make sense for me to have meat shipped because the cost of that on the earth is so great. So even if it costs me the same amount of money, or even if I save a little bit of money by doing an online delivery service, I just really don't like all the packaging and the um, freezer packs and the styrofoam and the plastic and stuff that usually comes. I know there are some services that do a more sustainable version of that, but no matter which way you look at it, for me, getting food delivered to the house um, that has to be insulated in some sort of way is causing like a greater economic burden to, um, the earth in general when you, you know, fuel costs and all that kind of stuff is what I mean. So for us, we've made a significant effort in, as we talked about, you know, with Beyond Bacon and all that kind of stuff, saving money by doing quarter animals, half animals through local groups of people or what we call a co-op. You know, it's not like a traditional co-op like you would think about it, but it's a group of people who are all like, yes, I would like, you know, grass-fed organic beef. Um, I'll take an eighth, I'll take an eighth, I'll take a quarter, I'll take a half, and then we all split it, right? Um, And I think that works really well for us. The problem is, is that when meat is produced is not 100% of the time, right? Like I can't just kind of get to the bottom of my freezer and say, oh, I'm going to order another half pig and it arrives the next day. Like (laughs) that's not how it works. And I think, you know, part of of that um, as we acclimated to this lifestyle was learning that rhythm and learning when is the season for this stuff and making sure that we saved up so that when it was the season, we could buy enough to last us for a long period of time. Um, so I would definitely recommend looking into that. And if that's something you want to learn more about, we certainly talk a lot about it in Beyond Bacon, which is not just a recipe book, but we talk a lot about, you know, what a cut sheet looks like and all that kind of stuff. If you want to save yourself some money and, Um, also learn how to cook a whole animal. Like that's why we wrote that book. Um, but to augment that when it's the off season, I subscribe to a lot of farmer emails. So like I said, in Virginia, we have a lot of, we're, we're lucky. This is where Polly faces, right? Like just to give you a perspective, like we're, we grow meat here. So like I'm, you know, I subscribe to, uh, Polly faces newsletters. And so, um, and, and there's a couple of other farms that are just like Polyface in the area. And I subscribe to kind of all their newsletters. And when it gets to be a certain time of year and they need to clean out their freezer or whatever it is, they'll send out emails like, hey, we're having a freezer sale or um, that kind of stuff. And I jump on that. Like whenever there's a sale on, you know, local sustainable meat like that, I, I jump on it um, and try to get us 
as much as we can that way. And usually those cuts aren't the popular cuts, right? They're what's left over, but that means that they're affordable. And I've learned how to get the family to like it and cook it and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, to me, coming from being a vegetarian, it's important to respect the whole animal, which means we have to eat the whole animal. It can't all just be pork chops and bacon, right? So um, I enjoy supporting the local farmers and saving us some money doing that. Um, and then the third thing is, you know, I found a local shop that works with farmers that has more access because it's like a wholesale relationship that he has. And so I'm able to get things like eggs, um, from him or bones from him or, you know, whatever it is all year long, even when the farmers aren't selling anymore. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's basically like a farmer's market, (laughs) but he has, because he has access to those relationships. And so he still has stuff all year long. So that, um, if you're local in the area, that's the organic butcher of McLean. Um, the owner is actually featured in beyond bacon because it's where we were able to get a lot of, um, cuts that we weren't able to have and he helped us break down the head. I don't mean to scare you, but like I said, we're respecting the whole animal in that book. Um, and that was not something that Matt and I felt comfortable doing ourselves. So we've had, um, a relationship with him kind of like you described Sarah with your farmer's market for years. Mm. And so when we walk in, they know us, they know our kids' names, like they will tell us what the best thing that they have is. You know, I walked in today and um, they recommended like a really fresh uh, brisket. So we're going to have corned beef for um, St. Patrick's Day. Um, and I never would have thought to do that if I hadn't walked in and was like, hey, what do you guys recommend this week? And um, it was a good idea. And so I'm excited about that. But I just think that um, certainly we've talked before on this show, too, about knowing, Sarah, you have a connection with your Whole Foods butcher so that sometimes you go and you get things that they would otherwise toss away or, you know, bones or livers or, you know, whatever. And I think that it's really good just to make relationships with people in your life because once you do, they do those kinds of things for you. And I think that it also, I never would have imagined that I would have that kind of relationship a couple of years ago. And it's a little bit like, um, fifties, sixties type thing. Like I feel like I should be walking in with my pink puffy dress and my heels when I'm <laughs> you know, talking and they know your name and you know, like, um, but it's amazing to have those relationships. And I think that's what buying shopping small and shopping local is all about. And Ultimately, it does save us money because we come in with a plan. Like I come in with a meal plan and I buy the things that I need. And I usually leave one meal open on the meal plan so that whatever they recommend, like we get that thing. Um, And also it teaches me to use up the stuff in my freezer because um, we have to use what we have in the freezer and then get it to a place where we can fill it up again when Um, the time of year is right for processing animals. So we do not participate in um, anything that needs to be refrigerated or frozen and shipped to us. Like, it's just, I love Capello's. Like, for, I'll just give you an example. Like, I love Capello's. And we used to get Capello's delivered to the house. And I just got to a point where I didn't feel comfortable with it anymore. Because even though they use sustainable... um, cooler and stuff like that, 
it wasn't something that was feasible. And it was interesting because I was talking to them there and they were saying that was never their goal. Their goal was to get into grocery stores. They wanted to introduce people to the product and then have people request it to stores so that they could save on shipping and all that kind of stuff. Like they didn't want to introduce that. And it was kind of eye opening for me when I was talking to them and they said that was their goal. And I was like, Oh, well I can do that. (laughs) That's super. (laughs) And so I did talk to a couple of local stores and local stores now carry them. And so I can go into, um, for example, in my area, moms and mom has moms has their cookies and their pasta and so I don't have to get it shipped to my house anymore and now they can send one big shipment to a store instead of you know 16 shipments to individual people so those are just choices that I've made and certainly you know as your budget or your wants and your needs desire I just would encourage you to think about that when you're doing your shopping because I do think that it does make an impact overall in how frequently we participate in those kinds of activities and the burden on the earth. So I do want to, um, a a little sort of counter, um, uh, perspective on that though, because, um, I live in a place where, uh, in the winter, so in, when my farmer's market is open, I get the majority of my meat from my local farmers at my farmer's market. Um, but in the winter, um, you know, now, you know, grass fed ground beef is, is super easy to get in just about any store, but I don't, it's not as easy for me to get, uh, meat from local farmers in the winter time. So, um, I do get it from local stores. It's not necessarily local. I mean, Whole Foods is pretty good about carrying meat from, from local farms, um, but it's not always accessible price-wise for me. And I do also supplement with ButcherBox. And I, I do kind of want to say, um, you, you know, one of the things that we've talked about on this show a lot is there. there's obviously an ideal, right? There's this ideal of the, the best quality meat and the best quality uh, uh, vegetables and fruit, everything grown locally in season and organic. And then there's the compromises that we make to make things actually work in our lives. And we don't all have um, local farms close by that we can get, you know, good quality food from. And when that's not an option, there's wonderful online services, there's grocery stores, there's, um, and when, you know, budget is an issue, there's compromises that we can make on food quality. And we've talked about, you know, where the best places to, you know, spend those few extra dollars in terms of, uh, you know, getting the the most health promoting compounds we can out of our food for our dollar on the podcast before, but I, I do kind of want to um, to emphasize that um, it's completely worthwhile to to search for what's local and what's around, and like it's it's sometimes it's hard to find find that out without doing a fair bit of research. And so there might be something available to you that you don't even know is there. And it's like the most magical thing in the world. Um, but if, if this isn't available to you there, you know, not, I, I don't want people to feel guilty ordering good quality meat online because that's the only place that they can get good quality meat. And I feel like it's really important for me to admit that I do buy um, at least some of my meat online um, during the winter, because that is where I can get good quality meat more affordable than my local Whole Foods. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that's why I caveated by saying we live in Virginia. And so yeah. 
And that's the thing, right, is if if you live in Florida or California, your produce options in the wintertime are entirely different for the middle of the country or for the Northeast. You know, like we um, we just have to be aware of what the things are available to us. What is local? What is what can we shop small? What can we support? And I would suggest where your budget can allow do that. And sometimes even you might find that it's more budget friendly. Like sometimes when we go to the farmer's market, I am astounded at how much more affordable some things are because they don't have the overhead of a grocery store and all that kind of stuff. It's a farmer who makes his own stuff and brings it to the market. So you, I do think that there are options when things are available locally to you from small stores that can work within, you know, your needs and your budget and that kind of stuff. But for many people, that's not available, especially all year round. And so that's why those brands and that company existing is great. It's just, I got to a point where I knew what was available to me locally and I, it might not be available right then, which is what I was telling myself, right? Like, um, well, I can't get this quarter pig right now. And so therefore I'm going to do this X, Y, and Z. And so it was, is basically like a, step and a commitment that I took to the next level to say, I need to do a better job of planning because this is predictable. It's not like it's a surprise that they're (laughs) they're not processing pigs in the winter, you know, like, so, um, we just had to do a better job of preparing for that and then making the most of, you know, what we did have available at certain times of year. So I, um, I am, I don't think that it's necessarily a contrast. I just think it's a, it's a good explanation of, you know, what works for you and what's available to you. And that's why we're talking about this sort of thing. Because when people ask us, well, what do you shop and where do you buy and how much does it cost and what's your food budget? Like we get asked all of these kinds of questions and they're so individualized and they're so dependent on different factors, right? Like what a food blogger eats with three small children, not small anymore, right? Like I have a boy who's becoming a teenager this year. Oh, got it hurt me to say that. Um, <laughs> I have two preteen boys right now and a seven-year-old boy and a husband. And, you know, when we were testing recipes and that kind of stuff, we would buy a whole lot more food than another family who has one or two much younger children or, you know, so, um, I think this is kind of the best way that we can answer those questions that we get from people in a way that hopefully helps you think about, well, how can I apply this to my life? Like what, what options do I have seasonally and how can I plan around them um, in, in the best way that'll work for my family? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, one of the things I um, definitely think we both want to emphasize in this show is there are so many merits to eating local. And if that's accessible, that's definitely uh, you know, it's it's so worth the effort of like finding it and figuring out how to fit it into our lives. And then when that's not available, there's so many other great options. Absolutely. So I hope that this is helpful for everybody. And um, if you have follow up questions, just leave them in social media or on the blog posts. Or, of course, you can email us through the contact form on our blog. Um, but keep in mind that if it's an individualized question, it's not really something that we can personally answer because all of the vectors that I talked about, but, um, 
It would be great. I would, I would actually love to hear people who are using, they're like testing out the, I think it's like the Amazon options in Whole Foods now that they bought them. Um, so if you're in one of those test cities, I would love to hear how that's working. Um, because I haven't actually seen it where I am, even though I'm metropolitan, that's the word, even though I'm in a metropolitan area. Um, (laughs) it's got a full circle here at the end. Um, so I, I would love people's feedback if you're in one of those areas, because when it does come here, I am super curious to see how things will be affected and how it will affect shopping habits. So yeah, definitely. Well, have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll be back again next week. And then um, I will be going on my cruise. But of course, we're planning ahead to make sure that Sarah is not sitting here twiddling her thumbs by herself <laughs> while I'm gone. And Sarah, without, I you- without Matt, I couldn't do like, hang on. Like, we, we're like somehow <laughs> implying true. that I would have the ability to <laughs> podcast by myself. But I want to make it abundantly clear that I would have no clue what to do. That's true. And you'd like, record and then you'd be like, and record, now what? like, well, now what? There's no Matt. I can't do anything else. So like, shout out to Matthew and, uh, the amazing amount of work that he does to turn this from our conversation into a podcast. That's true. Yes. Um, awesome. So I hope you have a wonderful field trip and I can't wait for you to tell me all about <laughs> how wonderful and magical it is and how fresh smelling everyone is on the car on the bus <laughs> ride home. Um, for those of you who don't have preteens, I just, I'm sorry. Like it's, I'm warning, fair warning. I'll just say that. How about that? Like, Oh, I, I, I have a very good sense of how this is going to go. Yeah. Chaperones are not allowed to drive. We have to ride the bus. So. <laughs> woo! Awesome. Thanks again for listening. Everyone have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the paleo view. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate us on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping for our favorite paleo products on the sidebars of our individual websites or by donating through PayPal. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.